On today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, we're going to discuss if we have any concerns about the Eagles quarterbacks behind Jalen Hurts. Ravens-Eagles comparisons as the first preseason game against the two kicks off this Saturday night. And the Eagles gave us maybe a sneak peek of the offensive line rotation if there were injuries. All that and more on this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. Gino, we've got today, Thursday and Friday, and we have a game to talk about on Saturday night between the Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens, the first preseason game of the 2023 season. And I kind of wanted to start the show off by Taking a, you know, yesterday we took a, a first look at that matchup a little bit, right? Talking about some players that we're not talking about a lot right now, but after that game and if they show out, suddenly week two, they're going to be on our radar a whole lot more. I feel like one position we're going to see a lot of the backups of is quarterback because I don't know, Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, he got one drive, I think, last year or two in that first mm-hmm. game. And I don't even know if he's going to get that, that many this year. I don't even know if he's going to play at all. I believe he went five for six on that drive, capped it with a touchdown, and they said, yeah, we're ready to get this guy to the regular season. And it's August 12th. You're going to be playing a game in less than a month, and you have to figure out that situation behind Jalen Hurts. Do you want to keep three guys? I think right now, the way that Tanner McKee has looked in camp, the way Marcus Mariota has looked in camp, apparently Marcus has come on over the last couple of days starting to get a hold of the offense. Jimmy Kemsky keeps saying that Tanner McKee can just rip slants all day long, but he can't push the ball down yeah. the field. And Ian Book is kind of just on the roster right now, just going to play in the preseason and will probably find his way off the roster. I think it's just an interesting team-building discussion that we had talked to a couple weeks ago about, do you keep three quarterbacks at this point? Yeah. And are there going to be teams that move on from their quarterback, their UDFA type of player like the Eagles did last year with Carson Strong, where they try and go out and get another guy? Is Tanner McKee going to yep. look that good in the preseason? And we're going to find out. He probably will get at least a quarter in this game. I was suspect I agree. right off the bat. Yeah, I think Mariota is going to get most of the first half. And second half, I'd like to see it mostly be Tanner McKee, you know, I think, you know, last year you had Reed Sinet playing a lot and Carson Strong, we had some hopes for and just couldn't even crack the field. I think this year there's a much more real evaluation process going on with Tanner McKee. This is a player that they actually drafted. Mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota is only on a one year contract. McKee does have the size and arm strength that they might like. You know, and that's I think they had a lot of high hopes as well for Nate Sudfeld. That's why they kept him around so long as QB three. And I think they might want McKee to be that next guy. I think at least there's there's much more of a conversation with him versus the quarterbacks they've had in the past few years. Even Clayton Thorson, you could tell almost instantly was not the guy, right? Whereas Tanner McKee in practice, you mentioned he's having some accuracy concerns, but you can also see the the pretty raw talent. So I think it's actually going to be exciting this year to watch the backups, even Mariota, because he hasn't really had a great summer, had a much better practice today, but you want to see him instill some more confidence in you when you see that mobility more on display. Like, okay, yeah, if he has to come in a regular season game, he's done this before, and maybe the summer struggles were just acclimating to a new team. 
I think with Marcus, it's just take hold of that offense, right? Don't turn the ball right. over in this outing. You yes. want to go out there and command this unit to at least get into field goal range every single drive that you're out there. I think that would be a, a good accomplishment for Mariota, especially. Yeah, smart throws. And explosive timing. runs. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Both of those are fair. And you look at the offensive line that he's going to be behind, right? It's a pretty stacked unit, that second group of offensive linemen that the Eagles have. Who knows if Cam Jurgens will play? Maybe they put him in there, Lou, one of the four, one of the five guys from that line. If not, you're still going to have Tyler Steen, who looks very good out there. You're going to have Jack Driscoll, who has multiple starts under his belt Dennis Kelly who's a multiple year starter he's going to have opportunities where he's not running mm -hmm. for his life you want him to take command of that offense I would say especially with his arm because we kind of know what he can do with his legs right, right. that's what Marcus Mariota has always been but the thing that you have always had question marks with Marcus is can he be that accurate rhythm passer yeah. that you want him to be and we always say what is the parallel with Jalen Hurts? Well, if you want to not change the offense, he has to do a lot of those things that Jalen does. So now is a great time to see if he can do some of those things that you might have question marks on in practice, see if right. he can do it in a game like seven. Well, and Gino, I know, I mean, most backup quarterbacks in the NFL are not elite passers or they wouldn't be backup quarterbacks. So sure. I'm not expecting Marcus Mar Mariota. I know his ceiling now as a passer to come in and make these wild throws like even Nick Foles did as a backup in the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not expecting him to do that. Um, I just want his throws to not hurt this team mm -hmm. rather than like win the game for them. That's why you sign Marcus Mariota. How he's going to win you games is, as you mentioned, him making sure that this offense doesn't have to change and he can use his legs and that's where he creates the explosive plays and just get the ball in space to his weapons and they can do the rest of the work. Whereas Jalen Hurts, you know, the type of throws he's going to make, it's on another level. So that's the the issue is the summer it's been like Mariota's throws have been errant all over the field, like inaccurate. There's been some turnovers. That's what you don't want is him to mm. be so just inaccurate where he's forcing things too much and the ball's turning over. You want your backup quarterback to be able to, like you mentioned, just keep everything on track. And then his mobility comes in and that's where it can take it to another level. And it did sound like today though, his passing was a lot better. He's going to get a lot of reps this preseason. Cause like we said, you know, Gino Jalen hurts is not going to play almost no. ever, almost at all. Put the Ferrari in the car until right. a month from now, right? And right. with between Marcus and Tanner and Ian Book, what these guys have to do is allow the rest of the roster to be evaluated, right? Mm -hmm. Where Clayton Thorson and even Carson Strong, those guys, you couldn't evaluate That's a good the receivers, point. the tight ends. You used to say that all the time on the show. Line. You're like, I don't know how to watch any of these receivers because of how bad the quarterback play has been. And it, it was after Nate Sudfeld, Gino, after your top two quarterbacks, it, it got pretty bad for some years. Like they haven't had a good QB three in a while. Right. You're, you're looking at a guy like a Paul Turner a couple of years ago saying, can this guy run the proper route on time because he doesn't have good quarterback play or even yeah. a lot of those guys with Clayton Thorson or some of the Carson strong games. And you're looking at the quarterback position and saying, there's a reason Ian book is the fourth guy. He was a undrafted free agent last year that you picked up halfway through the season because Carson strong didn't work out. You went in, Use multiple picks to go up and get Tanner McKee. Hopefully he can be a better weapon for you, but you don't know coming out of Stanford where he didn't have much time with an offensive line. You hope yeah. he can develop, but now is the time to see what these guys can do. It's better to take the approach with what they did with Clayton Thorson, throw him out there, mm. know that he is bad and say, all right, time to wash our hands and move on. Right. Same with Carson Strong. Hopefully Tanner McKee 
he can be that guy because there are a lot of guys at the end of this roster, Lou, that are going to be fighting for a roster spot. The Devin Allens of the world, the Joseph. Yeah, Nottis. they need good quarterback play. They do. They, they yeah. need. They need a guy to be able to give QB them chances. Sure. 100%. They need a guy to be able to give them chances. Speaking of chances, the offensive line needs to give these quarterback chances. Gino, we got a, a sneak peek today with a lot of the veteran offensive linemen off on practice. What this line might look like if there were injuries with the young players, what spots they're going to play in. So I want to get into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. I just had my big draft this past weekend. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Normally, I did traditional fantasy. I really like playing best ball now. It's a lot of fun. It's totally different, and it's unique. Uh, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on. You're going to get a first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars. It's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. It's back. It's bigger than ever. This is their best ball mania tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so do not wait around and use that promo code locked on. It's Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football, and it's the best place for best ball. This tournament is going on. It's going to be so much fun. Fantasy is here. Football time is here. We thank Underdog Fantasy for sponsoring the Locked On Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And, Gino, we're talking about quarterback and how we're going to have to evaluate Tanner McKee a lot this preseason starting this Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens. Evaluate Marcus Mariota, see where he's at right now as QB2. We know how important that is in Philadelphia. Even last year, you needed Garner Minshew to at least give you a chance against mm -hmm. Dallas and New Orleans. And two years ago, he had to win you a game against the Jets, and you needed that game to make the playoffs. So, Quarterback's an important part of this process with Hurts on ice all preseason. But those guys need a chance to give the receivers a chance by having good protection with the offensive line. And so today, sounded like a lot of the veterans got off. Uh, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Um, also, you look at, two Jordan Maialata and Landon Dickerson. One thing I thought, you know, was interesting, because we've mentioned this before, is like, okay, if there were injuries, if Jason Kelsey goes down, because there are some players that are playing at different spots. Cam Jurgens this year is playing at right guard. Tyler Steen, who is traditionally a tackle in, in Alabama, he's also been moving more at guard. We wondered if a Jason Kelsey were to get hurt or somebody at right guard got hurt or Lane Johnson got hurt at right tackle. What's the plan there? Do they change multiple positions, which they normally don't like to, and uh, move Jurgens inside and then Steen to guard or Steen, let's say Steen was the right guard, him to tackle and Jurgens to guard, or do they just make one move? Today, it actually looked like they were making multiple moves. Jurgens was playing center, Steen was playing right guard, and Driscoll was playing right tackle. I prefer it that way, honestly, especially because it sounds like the other backup centers have not been playing well. The snapping has not been good. So that actually might be the strategy this year for Stoutland. And normally, that in the past, that really hasn't been the case. And we talk about the quarterbacks have to be good enough to evaluate the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs, right? Well, if your center and Brett Toth continues to yeah. throw worm burners into the ground and you can't get snaps off during preseason. Has he ever, ever played center before? I thought he was always a tackle. Well, no, that's why they brought in Josh Andrews. Well, and they signed they Andrews last too, yeah. year or a couple years ago, rather, who has played center because they need somebody that can get the ball off to the quarterback. And right. 
frankly, I think putting Cam Jurgens there is a pretty good idea. I don't know how long into a game in the preseason you're going to play him for. I would say no more than a quarter, two quarters at most. But it's a great idea. Cross train, cross train, cross train. And maybe, Lou, over the last couple of years, Jeff Stoutland has changed his philosophy in this way that he's like, okay, maybe we have changed our MO. We've yeah, cross-trained these guys enough that I believe that we can move around multiple players and put them best where they work best. Together. That's a good point. Yes, they have I to agree. be in just hand in hand how they operate. And there's something that Jeff Stoutland says all the time. He says, I want guys together that look like they move together. Like they look like that. They move like a unit together. And what that means is, I mean, Cam Jurgens, can he move like Jason Kelsey? Can he move like Lane Johnson? Absolutely. Well, if Cam going to center allows Tyler Steen to play well at right guard, allows Jack Driscoll to play well at right tackle, yeah. they can move at least one side of that line together. Well, then you might be able to get by in some spots, right? And that's what you have to figure out. You're not going to change five pieces on a line, but if right. one does go down, you have to find that best combination of cards in your hand. To I play. agree with that. I think their logic in the past has been, we don't want to have more combinations switched up. We'd rather have, you know, even if we have a worse player coming into this position, we'd rather have one player come in at center than have a mm -hmm. different right guard and a different center. My logic has always been though. I just want the best players out there. I think I want the best yeah. combination the, the two best players get them out there. And like you're talking about, if versatility is so important in these pieces and you're cross training them so much, then you should feel comfortable enough to be like, Hey, Instead of, you know, like, let's have Cam Jurgens at center and Tyler Steen at right guard rather than having Brett Toth at center and mm -hmm. Jurgens at right guard. I don't think that's smart. I, I don't think that's a better strategy. And that's a lot of the times what the Eagles approach has been. So I actually like that this time around. They move these guys because, again, you made a perfect point. If versatility is going to be hammered home so much with these players, then they, you shouldn't be scared that if you move one guy to a different spot during a game, he's just going to fall apart like Andre Dillard playing right tackle. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he maybe that is from that. Maybe and just those guys just couldn't do it. Maybe yeah. Mm -hmm. And he saw and had the trauma from the Lane Johnson experiment. But all also those Gino, years ago, Gino on defense they I'm, they switched it up eventually. But for a bit, Josiah Scott when Avante Maddox went down was playing slot and CGJ was playing safety. In my head, I was saying I think CGJ playing in the slot and then bringing in one of those other safeties is more of an upgrade. I think that's the better combination of two players. They eventually did do that, but even on defense, it took them a bit. It, offensive line is a, a lot different than I would say a defensive secondary in that. But I would. But I would also still say though, get the two best players on the field. That's my logic. No, absolutely. That it, I think we're kind of saying the same thing here, and that you want the same, the best combination of guys out there, and. You're only as strong as your weakest link, right? So is taking Cam Jurgens and keeping him at guard if Kelsey were to go down and then putting Brett Toth or Andrews in there, well, your weak link is substantially worse than your four strong links. So you yeah. have to find that middle ground, and I think that's the best way to go about it, especially because Cam Jurgens was drafted to play this position. He's getting live snaps at guard. Why not give him all the opportunities in the world to go and play center? And Tyler Steen, hey, man, if... Cam Jurgens does go down, let's say he's the next man up and he's the heir apparent at that spot because they know in a couple of years that these guys are going to have to change positions. And frankly, that might be the reason why, because if they're going to change positions, we have to find out if they can play that position. And I think that's what it comes down to as well.
Absolutely. Eagles Ravens this Saturday night. Uh, Gino, it's interesting to look at these two teams and kind of the discussions that me and you had about them a few years ago. We were comparing Philadelphia a lot to Baltimore in a negative way almost, or just like in a cautious way. We were saying we don't want them to become who the Ravens were on offense for Lamar Jackson's first four to five years where they were this run heavy team. And, um, you know, they didn't really embrace the modern day NFL Mm -hmm. where they were building around Lamar with really good pass catching weapons. And the volume of passing was there that wasn't who they were. And with Jalen hurts, he wasn't there developed as a passer yet. So in 2021, that's who the Eagles were. And I was saying, I just really hope they don't double down on this. And they didn't thank God we saw 2022 and we saw the benefit of the Eagles sticking to their philosophy as Jalen took those steps, Baltimore finally did it. I mean, it, it just goes to show that the Eagles had the right approach with this team building philosophy. Baltimore finally was scrapping it. They bring in Todd Monken this year and bring in some weapons for Lamar Jackson. This is the, the right approach for a mobile quarterback. And especially when these guys don't age well, if you use them like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts' usage running the football like Jalen in 2021 and Lamar the last five years, it doesn't work. It doesn't keep up. And the Baltimore Ravens have seen that the last two years with Lamar getting hurt. It just took a trade request for them to finally wake up. I'm, I'm glad the Eagles it didn't take that much. They've always been adamant. Like we're a pass first team and our mobile quarterback will, he's got to be able to throw the football as well. To an extent, it reminds me so much of Donovan's time in mm. Philadelphia, right? Where it's like, oh, maybe if we get this guy Terrell Owens, yeah, be right. Pretty good. Oh, for Lamar, it does feel very yeah. similar. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe we bring in Odell Beckham Jr. and yes. a whole slew of guys that can actually catch the ball. And they were not the justified end. at all to be like that. The thing with the Eagles in 2021, it made sense why they were so run first. With Lamar, I think he's always been a really good passer. That their philosophy didn't make sense to begin with. Well, that was Greg Roman everywhere. You That's know, a man. fair point. Yeah. I mean, look at his time in Buffalo with Rex Ryan. Sure. And San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. He he likes to put a square peg in a round hole. And that's frankly the thing about Philadelphia that I think they've got right with Jalen Hurts is that they have that philosophical synchronicity between quarterback, between offensive play caller, between the organizational owner. Jeffrey Lurie, the guy at the top, says this is how I want to win. And if there's differing opinions, which now you're looking at Baltimore, Ozzie Newsom isn't there anymore. How is the power structure there? I'm sure yeah. Harborough has Harborough. Yeah, right, John Harbor. Is that Harbaugh? Harbaugh, yeah, Harbaugh. What am I talking about? But John Harbaugh. About the gummy bears? <laughs> yeah, yes, I was. That's exactly what I was thinking about. The Harborough gummy bears. You got it. But John, like, not gummy bears. Harbaugh. <laughs> he probably has that Belichickian like power to an extent now as a coach who's been there for that long. And he's saying, I don't know how long my tenure is going to be here. I'm attached yep. to the hip with Lamar. We have to put in place an offense. That makes sense. And bring in weapons and not yeah. just continue to talk about it, especially in the AFC, right? Yeah. Like, Lamar is great. He's an MVP guy. But if the Eagles are in the AFC and what happens last year, let's say you make it to the AFC championship and lose, you can't sit on your hands. The Ravens haven't even gotten to that point yet, right? right. They had to get over a hump it's that crazy. the Eagles already crossed. Uh, Gino, it's like the Eagles were trying to, we were trying to make sure they learned from Baltimore the right way, but it's almost like, Baltimore learned from Philadelphia. The Eagles figured it out a whole lot quicker. And the Eagles were the ones, again, that had the quarterback that they didn't know if they were going to be able to take that step. 
like they still traded for AJ Brown last year. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts at that point was not the passer he is today. They had still drafted well, Devontae. did the same exact day right. that the Eagles traded exactly. and that's for what AJ I, Brown. And that's they what I love about Philly. Hollywood. Exactly. And that's what I love about Philadelphia. They're like, even if we don't have that quarterback yet, we are building this team to throw the football and then we're going to figure it out. We're going to get a passer in here. Mm-hmm. Baltimore had the passer, but they were just so obsessed with his mobility and it hurt them for years. And I think that's what the Donovan years were too. They're like, this sure. guy is going to elevate everybody. Yeah, but who knows if he had a T.O. caliber player for five years, what would have happened? Is he that Rogers type? Is he that Tom yeah. type, that Peyton type where they can make up that difference? And that's what you got to figure Just out. Just because right? they can doesn't mean they should have to, you know? And I think that's the no, thing. No, 100%. Yeah. But, but it makes it easier. It makes oh, the, for it, sure. the, the checks and balances and the slew of power in the whole thing. When you have a, a great offensive pass catching group, with a guy who can sling the rock and make your offense 12 versus 10 because of his legs, that's where you win. And that's what the Mahomes with Andy Reid, that's what, I mean, even now with McDermott in Buffalo and you're looking at Cincinnati, they all understand that. And it felt like Baltimore was the latest to the party to figure that out. And in that conference, you had to be proactive Mm -hmm. because look at even Buffalo, you're saying, when is that time that it's going to tip? Like, when is the tipping point that somebody else comes in and takes their place in that? And with Baltimore, I'm glad the Eagles can learn lessons like that. And I think the Eagles have yeah. taken away things in terms of team building from the Ravens over the last couple of years and in a positive light. And oh, sure. that's what the National Football League is. And I think there's a lot of discussion around the idea of team should do it differently they all do it the same they all take well i think things some things you know and you yeah, got and howie roseman's talked a lot about zigging while the rest of the league is zagging some things though there's a reason everybody's doing it the same way it's because it's what works and i think baltimore the approach them in mm-hmm. like tennessee was taking in this way offensive philosophy wise was not the right move and it nearly cost them their franchise quarterback there was a lot of reasons yeah. lamar and the ravens had the issues they did but the lack of weapons the lack of support the usage on his body the fact that he didn't get to throw the football a whole lot and the narratives that created i totally mm-hmm. believe that was a part of the frustrations this year and I don't think it's a coincidence suddenly after the contract they bring in Odell Beckham they draft Zay Flowers in the first round they you know they bring in a bunch of other receivers as well even Nelson Aguilar in free agency Rashad Bateman coming back so yeah I think I think it Baltimore took a lesson from Philly when it really was supposed to be the opposite way mm-hmm. based on the timeline of things so both are on track right now though and I'm telling you, if the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised to see an Eagles-Ravens Super Bowl at all. It's one of the teams that are up there in the AFC, and they're like fifth or sixth that people talk about. It just shows how packed that conference is. Their defense is, is going to be so good. You're looking at like David yeah. Jabo is their like sixth edge rusher I at know, this man. point. And that's like the, I mean, that's like one of the, the fifth, again, the number five or 16 people start to talk about the AFC. That conference, mm. the Eagles are lucky they're in the NFC for sure. No kidding. All right, we're going to continue on previewing this preseason matchup tomorrow and Friday. Make sure, everybody, you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles for your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off, as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.